Big sight, <laughs> new paint. Go, go, big sight. Y'all know how this shit go, you know. All eyes on me. Everybody remembers Tupac. He was one of the most influential artists in recent history. With his own lore and rumors about being alive spreading ever since he died in 1996. Rap star Tupac Shakur died last night after a brief life in a rough business. He was 25. Even in death, I just did air quotes there, he's made cameo appearances at Coachella and the Super Bowl halftime show. But this isn't about him. It's about his aunt. She was born Joanne Byron and later changed her name when she got married, but she preferred to go by Asada Shakir. Back in the 1970s, Asada Shakur was known as the soul of the self-styled Black Liberation Army, an armed group implicated in the killings of several police officers. Besides being the aunt of one of the greatest artists of all time, she was also a civil rights leader, a member of the Black Panther Party, and later the Black Liberation Army, a key group in this episode. At one point considered by the FBI to be the most dangerous terrorist group in America, the Black Liberation Army occupies a controversial place in the struggle for black power. However, the actions of the BLA cannot be understood in isolation. They must be located within the broader context of several hundred years of violent racial oppression and black resistance. Before we begin, I need to point out I am a Canadian magician who spends my time performing at comedy clubs and colleges. I'm not a person of color or even an American. I'm definitely not an expert in civil liberties. That's for a different podcast. This one is about prison breaks. And to break out of prison, you have to be arrested. Innocent or not, Asada Shakir was a target of the police, and she was arrested for murder. Not robbery. Not assault, not even kidnapping, or whatever else they accused her of over the years. It was for first-degree murder of a state trooper that sent her to jail. Her name is Asada Shakur. In the United States, she is known by the police and FBI as Joanne Chesimard, one of the nation's most wanted fugitives. Chesimard was convicted in the killing of Trooper Werner Foster and the wounding of another trooper in a furious shootout on the New Jersey Turnpike in East Brunswick. That's where Chesimard was wounded, and one of two men in the car with her was killed. But this podcast isn't about how someone was sent to jail. It's about how they got out. Shakira bounced around a few prisons over the years, starting in juvie, despite the fact that she was 24 at the time. If you've heard of Rikers, the infamous hellish prison in New York, she did a tour there too, spending nearly two years of her life in solitary confinement. Even stranger, she stayed at a men's prison, something pretty rare, even at the time. This would lead her to finally being transferred to an all-woman's facility. I know how I would get out of prison, but this isn't a helicopter escape. And even without paying for aviation fuel, it's still expensive to get someone out of prison. The Black Liberation Army financed their escape by robbing a department store, stealing $105,000, which is close to half a million dollars today. This is before you could pay with your watch or order online, so the store was flush with cash. After making her way to the Clinton Correctional Facility for Women in 1979, three visitors drew 45 caliber pistols. 
If you're unfamiliar with guns, these are the big ones. Oh yeah, they had a stick of dynamite too. I have no idea how they did it. Nobody does. But they got out after taking two guards as hostages and stealing a van. They left the guards in a parking lot and they got away. Outside of any police perimeters that would have got them caught right away, the hardest part was over, at least for now. It's like what they think, I'm walking around with some keys in my pocket or something. Now she was on the run, but this was a high profile case with an easy enemy for the all-white media and FBI. She is a heroine to some, as a fighter for black rights. She is a villain to others who believe she hides her crimes behind revolutionary rhetoric. Think about it. A member of the Black Liberation Army, now around for 10 years, who had killed a member of law enforcement and was now on the run after escaping prison? Escaping prison using a stick of dynamite. This is unacceptable. The hunt was on. In New Jersey, Governor Whitman has posted a $50,000 reward for her capture. She was labeled a domestic terrorist. The FBI hung wanted posters around New York and even put her name on the most wanted list. But she wasn't in New York. She fled to Pittsburgh and then to the Bahamas, getting out of the country. Because of the high profile of the case, the FBI spent a lot of resources on it. For years after the fact, they followed people close to her, including her own daughter walking to school. As for Colonel Williams' statement to me that he was prepared to kidnap Joanne Chesimard from Cuba, later in the interview he said that only lawful actions would be taken, but he didn't elaborate. The top state police official added that even now, almost two decades after her prison escape, he has a detective working full-time on the Chesimard case. Williams told me, and I'm quoting, Chesimard better be looking over her shoulder all the time. The FBI has admitted that while they try to enforce the law with respect to everyone's civil liberties, this wasn't the case here. A lot of agents took it personally and their judgment had been clouded. It wasn't nice. I never received justice and I escaped A, because I was afraid for my life and B, because I knew that I would never receive justice. Shakir also wasn't there. She went to a country where she knew the U.S. wouldn't have the ability to catch her. In 1984, she was granted political asylum in Cuba. As she walks through Havana streets, she is just another shopper. She passes almost unnoticed by Cubans. And a few years after that, her daughter joined her. Knowing she had made it out, she did an interview with Newsweek in 1987, which you can find on YouTube. She also wrote an autobiography telling her story. She's still in Cuba and alive today, where I doubt she'll be returning to the U.S. anytime soon. Have you worked with influencers like me before? It's not as straightforward as buying ads on Facebook or TikTok, but Triple Whale, who is presenting this season of Original Heist, makes it easy with Affluencer Hub, giving you data and insights you can trust into your dashboard. I got me on this balance, huh?